you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Predicted this would happen. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and Chris Wessling. What is up, boys? <laughs> Hey, Dan. (laughs) Yes. We have the rights to that song. (laughs) Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. You've, You've been gone so long that you went and got new glasses and you just knocked us all for a loop there forget about all the other subplots you got some new um bifocals yeah beard, <laughs> beard's bifocals. gone beard's gone glasses are on um no need to wear contact lenses in a pan- pandemic really so why not go with the glasses more comfortable well tell us wes how you feeling where are we at it's great to have you back and that's obviously a, a good sign it feels like uh, tell the audience and and your friends here what's going on well, it's hard to answer that question. It's one that I have to answer quite often because people care and they want to know how how I feel, what what you know, what my status is. And the answer is it's it's hour to hour. It's not even day to day. So last week I didn't have treatment. It was built into my schedule where I wouldn't have chemo that week. And yesterday went over to the neighbors, hung out there for a few hours, ended up pulling out the big green egg, making some dinner, took out the garbage. I probably did a little too much because I was feeling good. And when I'm feeling good, I think, oh, you know, the doctor told me cancer will probably, you know, the chemo will get rid of it and I'll be feeling relief. Um, you know, and meanwhile, Keisha's, pro- Keisha's warning me a few times, you're doing too much, you're doing too much. So I wake up today and my back is killing me. Um, mm. So, you know, pop pop those pills that I have to take and, and try to grin and bear. Um. But, but yeah, it's just one of those things that from hour to hour, I never know how I'm going to feel pain wise. Mm. And you are starting treatment again this week, Wes? Right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's every so. Tuesday except for last week. And you're battling fights on a few fronts, too, because you mentioned you know, your your neighbor was over, and we got to see you briefly. Dan and I did um, on Saturday, it was. My kid, kids were over at, at Hank's house. And we learned you're fighting battles on multiple fronts, that you have neighbors now kind of making eyes at, you, at your wife, Lakeisha, and that's that's a concern, too, and you've got that's, to be fending them off. Update. That feels like more of a narrative than an actual concern. <laughs> it was speculation, but, was. I mean, there are some breadcrumbs to follow that this, uh, what seemed like kind of a, you know, fortunate bit of happenstance that you ended up neighbors with a, a famous author. Well, maybe the intentions of said author aren't totally noble we'll just well, that, put it that 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 is one conspiracy theory and um we'll, we'll see what happens over the next few months i haven't like from from being around said author i have not picked up on any vibes 
in that order, but you never know. People hear stories and then just you know jump to their own conclusions, and sometimes those conclusions can they can be onto something. Well, I mean, this could be packed into his next. Um, best-selling novel because he's a best-selling novelist not just sort of one of these guys that floats to LA and says he's a novelist but uh, I mean who's actually drumming up proof of this if if you don't if you're not suspicious well that's true I should get on the case maybe hire I'd someone. stay vigilant yeah I would I would Dan you know. it was Dan really came up with this theory but oh. it, it could it took some it, it gained some traction yeah. I mean Lakeisha okay. gave it some credence as well yesterday via text message that maybe Wes has to keep an extra close eye on what's the homestead. Put it that I feel way. Like Wes has a lot on his plate right now. It feels like a, uh, and that's why it's ass. the perfect time to strike if you have illicit intentions. <laughs> Wait, now the right. text message makes sense. Like Dan, I think you were right. And the photo, I was like, I don't get it. Did Dan really like chocolate covered strawberries or something? But now I do. Now, you know, I'm putting it, two and two together. You know, Keisha's at home alone with a two-month-old and a husband with cancer. It's been a long time since she's been able to interact uh, with other human beings and find humor in something. So it was a very refreshing day to have Dan's conspiracy theories. You know, just at least getting her to laugh for a while and then getting the whole backyard to laugh. So that was good. There was like seven moments on Saturday at Hank's house when Keisha was like, Dan, I can't even with you. (laughs) <laughs> exactly she had a blast that was that was uh, her most fun in a long time yeah she's the best and uh you're the best Wes we're so happy to have you back here it's not the same without you we we do our best as a uh, three-legged dog but it's not the same so anytime we can get you here and you know it's obviously a matter of when the West body allows it to be, but we're just going to take every West episode uh, during this time uh, with your treatment as kind of a blessing. And to that point, Chris, uh, a little later in the show, you know, we're in touch with you, obviously, during all this, but we don't we're not talking football a lot. So I don't really know if you've been tracking the NFL at all um, or as closely as you would have when you were not going through treatment. So we thought we would uh cook up a little segment called What Wes Has Missed and just kind of fill you in on the various, you know, happenings in the NFL over the past, I don't know, month and a half, two months. Yeah, I've I've not been plugged in. My little spreadsheets that I keep on all the rosters, they've, they've lain fallow for a couple of months. Mm. Uh, who knows what's going on there? Uh, I, I've peeked into Twitter every once in a while and it has made me run away every time. Don't do it's that. It's just been a nightmare. <laughs> So uh, I, I'm going to need this help to figure out what's mm. going on in the NFL. Is there anything specific on Twitter that re- revolted you that you could share with us? I have many specifics, but it, it might take a, a full episode. Let's save that for the Twitter is a nightmare episode. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. We got the whole gang back together. Ricky as well. Erica. Sweet, sweet Erica. Let's do some news. Because I've been waiting my whole life to find someone like you. Speaking of the great Lakeisha Wessling with Baby Link. How about that, Wes? Trying to get you to cry. Get, try to get you to cry in your return to the show. <laughs> that was um, that was a very cool video. And I don't know if you guys noticed who the artist was. Uh, mm-hmm. Lakeisha was singing there, Snow Allegra. 
Look at this. Famously mentioned on, <laughs> on the podcast back in the day. I mean, Lincoln was like, I feel like Lincoln, a lot of the comments, he was, you know, supposed to be the star and it was beautiful harmonizing. But how about Keisha's voice there? I think that was kind of the under underplayed the part spot. of that. Well, I, don't I, don't think, spot. I don't think she wants people to know this, but I'm going to tell, tell you anyway. She's tried out for American Idol a couple of times mm. and I've heard her sing around the house. There is legitimate talent there. Definitely. I do need a little bit. I think I re- responded to the tweet. Maybe just a little bit of Wes playing uh, like a saxophone in the back. Not not like right not right off camera, but maybe just in a, a room away to be part of the production because you're you know you're part of the crew there. Well, yeah, I, don't, I have no pitch and uh, no rhythm. So <laughs> not this, a singing role. It may mess we've, it up, but uh, we've heard the singing. Yeah, that is such a good idea, Mark. Because yeah, it's a lost cause. Famously, Wes's Catholic school teacher pushed his head onto the piano ear uh, to the wood to try to understand pitch. And I don't think it took probably had the opposite effect. So but if we put you in a pair of sunglasses and maybe a a zoot suit and a big sax and you wail into a solo, I feel like you could pull that off. It's a little Duke Silver action from uh, Parks and Recreation. (laughs) Exactly. You got a Duke Silver vibe to you. All right. Let's get to the news. We'll start with uh, disturbing news. Revolving the Washington football team. Oh, that's a thing now, Wes. I don't know if you were around for that. Uh, the the R word is no more. Oh yeah, in our league. Yeah, I have some opinions on that. I'll keep them to myself, but um, I, I've made the adjustment. Hmm. Okay. No <laughs> R word in lots our of, league. Lots of <laughs> in our league, no R word. Got it. Right. Exactly. Uh, Ron Rivera uh, explained. The situation going on with his team and Darius Geis, the third-year running back, who was released by the team on Friday, the same day he was arrested on three counts of domestic violence stemming from a trio of incidents in February, March, and April. Very disturbing stuff uh, when you uh, dig into the details a little bit. And Rivera, in a Zoom meeting, his first public comments about the situation, had this to say about Geis' release. Anytime you have to um, release a uh, very talented young football player, uh, it's always a tough decision. Uh, we take those those allegations very, very seriously. And, you know, we had to make the decision going forward. Um, I talked to the players yesterday, basically told them that, uh, that I had made a decision that I believe was in the best interest of our organization. And if it was the right decision, uh, we will benefit from it. And if it's not, uh, it will be on me. I will take full responsibility as we go forward uh, to try and make sure we, we do things the right way. And uh, we'll go from there. Greg, this is another example of something you're seeing again and again this offseason, that Ron Rivera wasn't just brought in to be the head coach. He is the face. They even say it on their Twitter bio, the Washington Twitter bio, new Rivera. Uh, And Mm. he's kind of tasked fairly or unfairly with cleaning up everything in addition to uh, helping to build a quality football team, and it's been a while since you could say that about Washington. And here was a, a, a you know an important move and un- an unfortunate move that Washington had to make. Yeah, I mean they literally had him you know involved with with the nickname change. <laughs> it's like he's brainstorming ideas. That's why going with Washington football team at least for for this year. This was a move all thirty two teams would have made. The incidents were. Three separate times. They're extremely disturbing if you want to read the details, but all you need to know is he was um, charged with felony strangulation, three counts of assault and battery, 
and um, the the incidents, um, which are tough to read about, happened over the course of this offseason, but authorities weren't made aware of them until July 22nd. So that explains the timing a little bit. I was unclear, you know, why, why did it take so long for them to release him? But, but all the allegations and everything in the team only found out somewhat recently. He's a guy who, when he ran the ball last year, looked fantastic, but has only been healthy enough um, – to carry the ball under 75 times in two years because of injuries anyway. And so these charges are so serious. It wouldn't surprise me if Darius Geis never plays in the NFL again. Um, Who knows about jail time or anything. Uh, But it just allows your boy, uh, Chris uh, Adrian Peterson, (laughs) to to have a a big role again. He ran pretty well last year and, and... you know, it it seemed like a very easy decision for me for Washington to get rid of Geis, and that's probably the last we're going to hear about him in a long, long time. And the Washington, they got enough running backs there anyways. Well, yeah, because Washington drafted Darius Geis instead of a different running back, it's allowed Adrian Peterson to keep climbing the charts. If they had, I mean, a lot of that is bad luck on injuries, but Darius Geis is allowing Adrian Peterson's numbers to go up. And you look at this team last year, and I think of all the teams in the league, you say, who's the offensive nucleus, the young people to build around? And to me, it was Terry McLaurin and Darius Geis and, and maybe a couple of the offensive linemen. And that's what you had. And, and now you throw out Geis. And, and McLaurin is still, I still think the world of him as a, as a wide receiver, but this team is still hurting for, for offensive talent. Right, and they, they lost Kelvin Harmon, who was a rookie starter at receiver, was going to be a starter this year. They do have Bryce Love they drafted last year. They drafted Antonio Gibson this year, so they have some young running backs, but it's a pretty rough group around uh, Haskins. I mean, I think one of the things that we're missing right now is the, going forward when you move past the Geis part is that, yeah, you have Adrian Peterson, but the Gibson-Love um, camp battle is interesting. I, I I know you think I'm over here just reading like Anais Nin novels, but I actually spent um, <laughs> some time looking at both players because I think they're going to both be relevant this season. Adrian Peterson, I'm not going to be the guy to say, you know, he's not going to be the starter. But Gibson, if you go watch his tape at Memphis, is a totally bizarre um, wide receiver, running back, returner, weapon who does it all, scored a ton of touchdowns off of not a lot of carries. And Bryce Love, who, you know, he tore his ACL before getting drafted. Uh, had a 2,000-yard season at Stanford and looks to be the real deal. So I, I kind of think that it creates an opportunity for two guys they did draft when Ron Rivera probably never would have drafted Darius Geis. He had college, he had issues in college character concerns. I don't think he would have been a Ron Rivera pick. Wes, well, there's you- a development for you. Yes, Another can- uh, tape dog has got a bone. It's Mark Sessler. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I'm not claiming that title. Gibson but it's tape like, dog. You know, well, we just, could save this for the for the latter segment. But, I, but while we have Mark's tape dog eyes on this, well, now didn't the Redskins oh. say that they were going to play Gibson at just one position and not both? Or, or did I misread that somewhere along? The I way? think is, that's got to be TBD because he. I think he's a better runner than he is a wide receiver. That's yeah, they're playing the, him at running back. I think they're going right. to use him here and there, and you know, in some you know, ways that maybe running backs wouldn't be used, but it sounds like, yeah, they're planning on him being, being a running back in this. And that was before this move. In other football team news, Ron Rivera said uh, this week that Alex Smith, as we know, who's coming back from all those surgeries on his leg surgeries that not just saved his leg, but saved his life. Now he wants to play football again. And it's a nice comeback story. It's a beautiful comeback story. And it shows the courage of Smith, but this could be more than just a human interest angle. At least if you listen to Ron Rivera, 
He reiterated on Monday that he believes that Smith could vie for reps and potentially the starting job if he if his body allows it. Uh, Rivera said this could be a very interesting challenge for us because of Alex Smith. And, and Wes, of course, Dwayne Haskins is in that building. They got Kyle Allen as well from Carolina. Uh, but it kind of makes sense. And, and you and it's an exciting thought, and you f- would feel so good for Smith if he's actually on the field and moving well. But Alex Smith, even out of the league for a while now, could be a real alternative to a veteran coach like Ron Rivera, especially if Haskins gets out of the gate slow. Hmm. It's the right thing to do for Ron Rivera to approach it this way. If there's any chance whatsoever that Alex Smith can play, not just football, but at the NFL level, um, by all means, and keep encouraging him, keep allowing him to compete. Now, before this injury, Alex Smith was having a brutal season as a starter for the Redskins, and it was quite obvious that he wasn't the athlete that he was early in his career. And you're talking about a quarterback who derived most of his value from his legs, not his arm. Mm. You could say decision-making was also involved in that. So I think this could be one of the best sports stories we've ever seen in team sports um, if he was able to get back there, just because the odds to me are so long. I just, I just don't believe he's a, he's a viable candidate to take that starting job based on how serious the injury was and what he was before the injury. I think it's interesting. I mean, Ron Rivera is he. Well, I with you 100%. You've got why not be anything but totally encouraging of one of the better stories. We we talked a couple episodes ago that you just give Alex Smith comeback player of the year right now. But I the, the other side of it I find a little interesting is that there aren't that many people um, last year or this uh, that come out and just all automatically say Dwayne Haskins is our guy. There is no questions asked here. And I just wonder if Alex Smith were you know, QB2 on the New York Jets or the Browns or the Broncos, would you be hearing this uh, about competition? I mean, there'd be no question that your young mm. starter is in place. And I mean, I'm not, I think that's probably what they'd like to happen here too. Why not? But you just don't have too many people saying Haskins is the guy and there's no questions asked. Good luck to everyone else. No, you're right. And you've heard some buzz that like, look, Scott Turner, who's the new coordinator, they like Kyle Allen. You know, like oh, yeah. not that he's going to win the week, right? The, it's not like he's going to win the week one job, but they they brought him there. The Alex Smith thing. I hope if he is somehow healthy enough to get cleared, they can figure it out because the worst outcome is that he's activated and then they feel the need to cut him. Now, I don't think they would do that because it, it's just very awkward. He's the highest paid player on the team. If they cut him, they'd have $28 million in dead money. Um, You hate when finances come into it, but you wonder if they could figure out a way between Alex Smith to renegotiate his contract. It's ugly to ask him to take less money if it's guaranteed. Whatever, Whatever it is, they might have to come to some conclusion to figure that out. Or you just keep him on as the second or third string who's making a ton of money and it, most of it's guaranteed anyway, so you might as well just keep keep him on the roster. But that that's sort of the awkward part of it that Rivera and whoever's really running their front office, you know, who didn't give that contract to Smith, they're going to have to figure it out. And I'm, and I'm sure just because they're all adults and they respect Alex Smith, they'll figure out a, a, a circumstance that's better than cutting Alex Smith. Before well, na- now they're all adults. There weren't a lot of adults that seen right, in the building well, a year ago. That's new. That's I missed fair. that the last couple of months. Well, I'm giving that adults your boy Kyle Smith. You, you were all about Kyle Smith back at the uh, the combine. The new Redskins <laughs> personnel guy. You know they got Rivera. I'm I'm saying they're adults. I'm getting now, a lot of now, change yeah. since February. Yeah. yeah. 
So much has changed. Uh, in <laughs> other news, foreboding news over in the realm of college football, commissioners of the Power Five conferences, those are the big conferences that dominate college football, held an emergency meeting on Sunday. And according to ESPN, sources tell ESPN, there is growing concern among college athletics officials that the upcoming football season and other fall sports cannot be played because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, no major decisions made as of this taping, uh, but it sounds like this is something that could come soon. And what that does for college football is it something where the season's canceled or pushed to the spring, which has been speculated upon. What does it mean for the NFL? The customary, customarily or always has their draft in the spring. That's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how this all plays out, Mark Sessler, but... College football is looking uh, grim in terms of fall play. Well, I think it just points uh, a microscope on how, you know, since we've been young, college football has been a largely disorganized um, group of power structures. And you got the Big Ten right now. Uh, reports are out that the Big, the Big Ten is out, although not every team in the Big Ten feels that way. The Pac-12 might soon follow. I mean, I think the biggest story coming out of this in the last, over the weekend, because college football right now is, I, and I get staying off Twitter, but like the story changes every 10, 15 minutes and the news is, is refreshed. But that the players um, who are, are much more united than they've ever been are looking at the NFLPA and saying in a letter, uh, we, want a, we want a player's representation here. And, and I think going forward, that's probably going to be a change. I think it's scaring some of the power elites in college football right now. Um, I mean, it's, it's messy because you've got the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 probably on the other side. The SEC would probably would play college football through four alien landings and six, six nuclear bombs. So I don't, I think they're going to be we'll your see. outlier. Uh, but but it, it is TBD for all of it. I mean, for our side of it, and you guys, I'll leave it to you guys, but if you ever try to do the spring college football thing, which I don't think the time, timing to me doesn't make a lot of sense. It completely gets in the way of, of the draft, and you, you have scouts and coaches and other people out there. They're going to, ha- and Daniel Jeremiah tweeted about it. There is a potential you have to run a draft off of no tape, and I think that um, creates all sorts of issues, obviously. Well, I think the spring I- idea, which like the MAC, which was the first conference to cancel, you know, wants to play in the spring, and and I think the Big Ten, which it is reported, is is going to push off fall. We'll probably we'll see. A lot of these announcements won't be announced as cancellations; they'll be announced as postponements, you know, to the spring. And so then the NFL would have to adjust. There is part of the CBA which says you have to conduct the draft by a certain day in June, but they could they could re they could renegotiate that if they had to, anyways. And spring sports might be done by that, anyways. I think that there was a pretty strong feeling a lot of, from a lot of people watching this a month ago that they were going to push as hard as they can for it to happen. But it was very unlikely to happen just logistically, um, financially. There were so many obstacles of holding college football at a time when most colleges cannot hold classes safely that they have, you know, they have the information from the from experts in their own you know university and their own conferences saying that we we can't really conduct classes safely and so getting the amount of testing which is millions of dollars uh, to try to do football safely was always going to be really hard and I, and I think the feeling is as as much as the SEC and other places want to hold that hope as long as possible that you know they all might not end up playing in the end 
and the NFL will just have to adjust. It's a, to me that's like that's a pretty small part of the equation. Like I think both things can be true that it's basically impossible right now with the virus as strong as it is to, to hold college football and that it's heartbreaking for these players, you know, you know that have worked so hard. Like both of those things can be true. Of course it's heartbreaking. Of course they want to play uh, for the most part, whether it's safe or not. And and you mentioned them rallying together. This Pac-10 story of them, you know, asking for what they've asked for over the last... It's one of the most fascinating and, and biggest sports stories I think we've seen in our lifetime because it really, I think, is, is going to change the scope of what college athletics is like in this country moving forward. And the pandemic will end up being like a, a big part in, in kind of kickstarting that, that process. It's incredible. there's this... Go ahead, Wes. I was just going to say it's incredible in 2020 that college sports still are what they were. Right. You know, 20, <laughs> yep. 30, 40, 50 years ago. It, it's been overdue for a change for a long time. Well, it's, you know, like Nebraska coach Scott Frost to one of the, you know, that he he's came out, he just talked before the show and came out very strong saying, we want to play. And th- there's talk of the SEC inviting other teams in. But he also made the point that if we don't make our profits off of college football, the school doesn't function, and that's that seems um, like an imbalance. But you know, we're not college guys. And Dan, I I hope you don't put. Are you the the new term is? Are you a Corona bro, Dan? Are you one mean? of those? <laughs> well, it's it's sort of the person who is um, so hooked into. And I'm not at saying that you are. I'm just asking you if you would if you what you think of the the tag. Um, so invested with. No, you Corona. just asked me if I was that. You asked. Well, me if I don't. I, was I, w- that. I would say that I think none of us are, but I think that we would be softly put in that category with everyone else who tracks the coronavirus to such a degree, and there's this interest in it impacting football, and maybe we that we kind of want it canceled and all this other stuff. Nobody wants. Yeah, right. I mean, nobody. That's, I just think that's you know we're not Corona Bros. We're just following the news that's well, impacting our sport. Well, of course not. But I have seen a lot of reactions. Greg, to this. he asked me the question. Oh, that's not right. You. Are you a Corona Bro? <laughs> The answer is no, I am not a Corona okay. bro. Well, I would like to think that none of us are. <laughs> of course not. Go ahead, Greg. I, I was Erica. amazed, though. There has been a lot of reaction to this. It just shows how important football is that, look, like one of our former coworkers, Albert Beer, I remember his tweet yesterday. It was just kind of like, this is, this is really getting to be a sign that the country is not handling this well. And I was kind of like, this is what did it for you? But it, but without being like dismissive and, and a jerk, it's like I actually think – this will be what does it for a lot of people that suddenly this is the thing that they're pushing back that they're like, Stop. wow, this is really this is really like a problem. I mean, it's crazy. No, it's it, not. You think I, people are going to wake up because of football? I don't necessarily think it's going to change people's behavior, but I think this is an action that's being taken place that they're like, oh, maybe this isn't maybe this is more serious than than we've been making it out to be. These people have no ability whatsoever to look in the mirror, Greg. Stop. They are not going to say, oh, look, maybe I'll take it seriously now. This is a sport without leadership in a country without leadership in a populace where 40 percent of the people have adopted a worldview not based on reality. It's a huge problem. It's going to continue to be a problem. Right. My my point is that this is taking away something really important to them that frankly maybe nothing else in this pandemic has done like yeah your school your kids schools are going to be way worse and other certain things have changed but nothing is going to hit people as hard as this i think it's just it's just a sad fact and in the case that there is no college football the nfl is likely to act upon that 
Pro Football Talk reported yesterday that per a source with knowledge of the situation, the NFL will likely move games from Sundays to Saturday if there's no college football. It's unclear whether the games would be broadcast or streamed or some type of pay-per-view setup, but the league likely will look to take advantage of that open Saturday window. And then I saw a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter um, who pointed out even Friday night potentially on the table and the idea that the <laughs> NHL will be over in October. Get ready. Base- Tuesday baseball night. would be over. Baseball Wednesday will be night. over in October. Uh, the NBA season will be over. So the NFL would have the entire sporting landscape to itself for the most part. And they might and probably will, Mark, make the most of it. Bye, family. Is daddy ever coming home? Well, Daddy well, will be home. Daddy's not the question, leaving. The, the question is where Daddy will be attending to all this uh, flurry of football action in one's home. Um, I mean, I think four daddies here are probably wondering that. I know. I uh, used you know, it, Greg, so, Greg, Greg, you for years. It's like, ah. Oh, for years, awesome. Greg. This was your This was, this your was fantasy my theory. Scenario. I wanted two games you know what? a day. You're get, like mine was a dystopian a America, which I'm finding out the fantasy was not as rich as one thought in his mind. Uh, wait. You're going to get this. In Greg... We're in Greg's world now. His no, wonderful this is the last thing I want. I he's had at home with his family at all times, and there's that books everywhere, and there's football on at all times, <laughs> and he's able to handle it all without even a grimace, just a peaceful <laughs> smile in the sunlight. There, Greg Rosenthal. Nothing I would want less than football every day right now. That theory was made before my kids were growing, much less my kids um, home for school. Like, I don't know. This, the whole school thing is all I, I think about. Like, I don't know. The, it's amazing how that has so so little of the focus that no one is, like, planning at all for these kids just, like, missing an entire year of school. It's like, hey, Dan, it's I'll fun. ask you a second question. I mean, if the, yes. do you think that at some point league officials high up said, you know, this is our, this is our sort of franchise podcast here. They did very well um, broadcasting five days a week, and they – flexed their muscles and said, wait, maybe we could even throw in a broadcast on Saturday or Sunday if stuff happened. And they said, they're, they're flexible. These guys can do let's this. Do it. Uh, let's spread these games over six, seven days a week and take zero into account uh, what anyone covering the sport is doing in their private life. I'm not sure yeah, what the question I, is. I don't know what the question is either, but I, I feel like the, our league feels that we can handle it. And on our broad shoulders, much can be put upon them. Our, uh, grind to us our bones to a fine powder. that's what's happening in the news all right as we said chris wessling has been out of pocket on the podcast when was the last podcast you did with us west before your hiatus it was well you had paternity leave and then that bled into something more unfortunate but when was that when was your last show wow i I think that would have been late may because link was born may 22nd so we got your back, buddy. We got your back in all ways, including what you may have missed during your time away. So we're just going to kind of, Greg, myself, Mark, going to throw some things out there, just get you caught up to date, and feel free to chime in because I know you're you know take machine. You got a lot of thoughts and a lot take. of opinions that you have not been able to Got to change share. my Twitter bio, take machine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any takes on any of these news items as we kind of mm. spin through them or, or whatever they are, uh, please do. Uh, Mark, would you want to get us going, actually? Yeah, I, I, 
you know, we plan these over the phone sometimes, and I'm not sure I got the full gist of what the segment was about. But I do think that there's something that Wes, because I'm imagining Wes is not watching every or listening to every episode. Um, a personal development. I think at this point you'd be thinking that I'd be frothing over uh, the Browns' latest one-year hire at head coach, but um, I'm not. It's passed me by. Don't really care that much. We'll see how they do. But all in Please. on we. <laughs> Well, I'm all in on the chance that we had to chat with Matt Rule, who is one of my pet projects at head coach. And Mm. I think, um, you know, he'll be fielding under your wing. He'll be fielding. By the way, that is such a unique Sesslerism, Mark. That's such a unique Sesslerism. I don't think anyone else on the podcast is the way that you are with certain individuals that you really do kind of tie your fortune to them. Dan Uh, Quinn for a number of years. Dan, Dan Quinn, Quinn uh, Kyle Shanahan now. Well, of I was going to mention Rule. that Kyle Shanahan has now been Bill uh, Lazor. He's Bill Lazor. like king of all oceans, Kyle Shanahan. I don't see what's stopping him from becoming the greatest coach in the league. So those two John guys D. I was going to mention. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> that was. And uh, he's been he's encountered some choppy water since then. But What uh, you also missed, Wes, is none of us believing anything Mark says about being somehow disconnected in some way to the Browns. But that's not really a new development. That's like the last well, I mean, seven, seven, seven and a half years like, old. <laughs> in action, how many times have I stood up here telling you how excited I am about the, I, I'm, it hit a point of exhaustion. These other two guys, Matt Rule is fresh in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan has just been proving it since we began our show that he's the best mind in 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 Ever. NFL, in the NFL and in, in when it comes to offense country minds. We had Baldy come on and he totally agreed. So I'm you know I got someone telling me you're right about that. Wait, Baldy uh, agreed with you that Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. Yeah, that was the first question I asked him. No, that really, I said the, really the, the number the one, there. the number one in the NFL, not just a great one, like the preeminent mind. So you have taken Matt Rule under your wing, in my and he mind. is your pet project, and you're very excited about this. Well, and I was going to say that we had a chance to speak to him in person, and it was almost like a little Debbie moment for me, where I, I squeezed a question out in between Greg uh, telling Matt Rule that Dan and I hated his new quarterback, which th- threw a, 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 a wrench into the rapport of the whole thing, but I attempted to recover. <laughs> See, I don't even remember that. I'm, I, guess, I do. I, I I was not really here for the last, some of the last few months. All of this checks out. I believe that's um, exactly how it went down. I'm not sure what the, that was. What the exercise was about no, that, here. That, that, you want to get worked. us back no, on the track? Perfect. That's fine. Okay. I need okay. to know these that's things fine. because I have not been in every uh, episode listener of the podcast. Okay, I I'll tell you just so you know that the the Jets have developed one star in the past ten years, and they traded him uh, a few weeks ago. He's 24. Just letting you know that. That was cool. Yeah, I was sorry I missed that episode because the way you and Dan, you and Mark were going at each other on Twitter, it seemed promising for some actual fireworks. Mm. I thought it was pretty. We were pretty peaceful, Dan, weren't we? And Greg, the three of us tried to be. I well, that was one of my favorite moments of the off season when the rage that you had over the Jamal Adams trade actually outpaced mine. But maybe I was just you know in shock at the time. Well, I don't know. But Dan, you were you certainly were... fired up. You have been beaten down by this situation for about, what, a year and a half, two years? So, at Since the end like of the, last October, yeah. I feel like your perspective was, now that all of this has gone down, what they were able to recoup for him, pretty good job. Whereas, exactly. I think Mark was coming from, all of this didn't have to go down that way. That's that well said, too. Um, all right, uh, go ahead, Greg. Sure. Um I, I don't know if you missed, like, I think it would have been a bigger story if not for the pandemic. 
Um, but it started bubbling up in recent days that uh, a little more that Aaron Rodgers has made it absolutely clear he doesn't mind the draft pick of Jordan Love at all. He's totally cool with it. Um, he totally hasn't started cataloging all the differences uh, between his situation and Aaron Rodgers and, and pointing that out uh, the first second uh, that he gets. Like, he, he isn't holding any animosity towards uh, the front office for possibly thinking that he's done. He, he is just... He's totally fine with it. He's living in Greg's Los Angeles right now. He's in, like, Aaron's Green Bay. Nothing is bothering him. Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's not someone who would use slights at all to hold it against his organization. And knowing what we know about his personality, you believe approximately zero of that? Yeah. I mean, he is... It. <laughs> he, it's he's, good to have Wes back. He's he's putting it all out there in a way where it's almost like if he could listen, I feel like, to the Kyle Brandt podcast um, clip that we've heard that 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 they put out there, that if he could just re-listen to that, he would he would almost be like, oh, wow, that can't, that comes off differently than I than I thought. I feel like <laughs> like I'm trying to convince I am convincing no one, um, but that's OK, because I'm Aaron Rodgers and I want to kill everyone. I feel like he has a little bit of Michael Jordan in him, where right. he he uses slights to such a degree that it's even abnormal for an for a professional athlete. So I, I'm with you on that. I, that's but he also combines it with like right this now. karma. Like I am, you know, he's very into meditation and being peaceful. So it's this weird sort of combination where he's projecting that, but then inside it's a big time battle. I, I totally agree with your take on this. That <laughs> that um, when you're into that kind of meditation. It's a battle going inside because it's against his nature. It's admirable that he yep. wants to be into meditation, but it's against his nature to be so um, laid back about this. If you buy into the idea that motivation and the idea of revenge or sticking it to somebody, even if it's in your own front office, really can lift someone's game back up to a level that you thought had been lost, then you really do have to feel good about Aaron Rodgers this season because <laughs> yeah. he is in that situation uh, on a whole nother level compared to usually the way these situations play out where it seems like the guy's straining a little bit to find motivation. He has every reason to feel like they're kicking him out the door. And the way the rookie quarterback contracts are set up and the advantages that they bring, the Packers are going to, I would think, struggle to come up with a situation where he's on the team next year unless he's awesome. And then he could stick it to the Packers and put him in a really tough situation, which would be probably the most beautiful thing of all for him mm, other than right. winning a Lombardi. He also has to have noticed that the fo football cognoscenti has finally kind of given up on him as a top five guy. It took a while. It took maybe a year yeah. longer than at least the numbers would have indicated. But this was kind of the offseason where it became a little more conventional wisdom that like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is good, but he's not a top five type of guy anymore. And I and you suspect he's, he's aware of that too. I feel like, what, three out of the last four or four out of the last five years, at some point in the season, we've all had a what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers conversation. And if we have one of those again, then he's gone. Hmm. Mark, you got another one? I mean, I think kind of bridging off of that conversation where Aaron Rodgers was years ago to now, that the whole quarterback landscape changed a lot. And we had an episode um, that, that we really wished you could have been a part of uh, because it was centered around the Dalton scale. We had Damashek on. And, you know, I'd love to get your take on this. I think that we obviously we looked at 
where we were with the Dalton scale a couple years ago, um, the the amount of functional quarterbacks and the the lack of teams with a total black hole at the position changes that exercise. Do you, where do you do you have someone that you could say he is the Dalton scale right now? We came up with someone, if I recall, we kind of agreed on someone at the end, but uh, it wasn't an easy home run. That's a good question. Um, off the top of my head, I think I might lean towards Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think but we Tana did scale. too. That was popular in our chat with Damashek. But I did listen to that episode because Keisha was listening and she was laughing at such a frequent rate that I said, I got I to hear this Sheck performance. At our takes? <laughs> at our yes, analysis? At the whole thing. It wasn't just Sheck she was laughing at, it was the whole thing. Is it like annoying you're trying to get away from the podcast and you have someone in your house listening to it? No, it's more annoying when she listens to it when I'm on because I don't, when I hear my voice, I just want to like run to the other room. She doesn't listen to any rival podcasts, does she? No, not. She doesn't listen to any other football podcast. She can barely. She doesn't even listen to this one for the football. She listens does to it for this, everything. Does else. this novelist next door have a podcast of his own? I mean, everyone else does. Is she maybe listening? Yeah, to that Finding Lakeisha is the name. Secreting of away. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have one that I know of, but Dan could be onto something there. That's where. That's the moment where Lakeisha at home is listening and be like, "Dan, you did it again." I'm not going to do an impression. Um, Wes, that's, you know what? Just to touch on that for one more moment. Obviously I've never met this person. I don't have the inner workings of what's going on in your neighborhood, but it's just like head on a swivel, head on a swivel. Because if you're dealing with someone that is looking to do what we think this person is looking to do, this would be the time where they would go for it when you are in a compromised state. So you just need to summon up whatever power you have in you right now to make sure that this evil is vanquished. While cozy then, enough then to you, Then concentrate on the big C. And right, Wes, don't, if they're kind-hearted and generous to you, I'm sure that's all fine, but head on the swivel is a good term there. I mean, just be a lot of plots, a lot of motivations. I, I appreciate the advice, the advice, but I would say that he's a pretty smart guy, so he should be smart enough to know that when he goes on the offensive, he leaves his flank open. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Just putting it out there. I mean, you you come from you come for what's mine. I come for what's yours. Mm. Priority list right now. Priority <laughs> that's, list that's number the three. We love fighting back. <laughs> Priority list number three. You know, tape dog. Get ready for another season. Number two. Battle that big C in a big spot. Obliterate it once more. And number one. Keep that homestead safe. Protect well, it. Yeah, I, I might put this number two. House. I might put number two more at the top of the list than, than that. Well, <laughs> number three feels just, like it could you know. fall down a bit if we. Yeah, it feels if we like got a big drop a between tape dog and in the big C. But <laughs> well, I don't know if there will be any tape to dogs, so we'll find out. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg, go ahead. Sure. Um, where should we go here? Um, Got a few options, but I have noticed there's been less contract. I know you're not into the contracts as much, but I started doing a top 25 list for next year's free agency. I mean, if if it's hard enough to think about next week, try to think about next year. It, it seems so far off in the distance that it's silly, but you know what? Front offices are having to think about it. And the free agent list that I put together, it's the best one that there's ever been. And the salary cap space is going to probably reduce by a significant amount. And... Not many contracts have happened since you've gone. I guess that's a thing you haven't missed, basically. You missed Joey Bosa, and Patrick Mahomes are getting paid, and I don't think anyone else is going to before this season. Maybe George Kittle, but it's just going to set up this 
situation, I think, where you look at the list of players that are available, and it's not just Dak going every, you know, going year to year, kind of like Kirk Cousins, but Jalen Ramsey, Kenny Clark, Bakhtiari, Allen Robinson, every single guy that got franchise tag this year, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton. There's just like, it goes on forever and ever, like 40 players. And I do, it is something that's on my mind that next year is just going to be. Like, this year is going to be really weird, but it's not just going to be like a one-year effect no matter how quickly a vaccine comes out. Like, the pandemic, whether it's the draft or whether it's free agency, is going to, like, totally change 2021, too. Good for Bosa and and Mahomes, who was able to parlay that new contract into a percentage of the Kansas City Royals. Good for him. (laughs) Um, But it does seem like it'd be a little imprudent right now for a GM to be locking guys up long-term. When we have no idea what's going to go on next week, much less next month and next year. So uh, it does not surprise me at all that guys aren't getting paid. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Greg, I find it interesting to call it the the best free agent class you've seen because uh, maybe maybe it's more balanced. But we've just come off a free agency period with like seven high-octane quarterbacks moving in a situation that I don't think I've ever witnessed before. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. There's like at this point, there's like eight or nine really good wide receivers like Godwin, Cup, Allen Robinson, Galladay, T.Y., Keenan Allen. Like, they're it just that other position. And, and the guys like Cam and Phillip Rivers that were free agents that were kind of the biggest names to move other than Brady, um, they'll be free agents again. It's just like, it's a lot. But I know front offices are probably thinking that way. And the, the guys who got the money now are unique. Like, Mahomes took, I think, a, an incredible hometown discount just the way that that deal was structured to get that done. And then Bosa, I don't know. The Chargers had a lot of money to spend. Um, so maybe that's what got that done. What did you do kind of your first work through of the uh, free agent list, Greg? Like when exactly? Over the last week. It's coming out today. Yeah, like two weeks ago, Mark and I went through it for the first time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. This, you know, it's not even worth mentioning at this point because this, this pattern. Um, Just we did it pattern. first, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where, where is that? no it's internal it's just we kind of we chop up tape we dog it out and uh and look at the list and talk to different people inside the league we started this process two weeks ago so just scribbled a few notes right Mm. greg just to give you like a quick snapshot what what happens is dan will uh run through tape of you know hundreds of defensive players i'll handle offense but then we'll do is we'll we'll flip so that we'll see where our notes uh combine where did von miller end up on yours we're not sharing that because it's going to no, become part of your article by tomorrow morning. Proprietary. It's already, it's already yeah. filed. It's fine. Let's try. Oh, oh, jump into the CMS and edit it. We know how this works. <laughs> Do we still have yeah, a CMS? Did I miss right. that? <laughs> if we, did, we have we a new don't one, have actually. Password. Yeah, we don't have a password to <laughs> it. Um, I'm going to just run through um, a quick list of things in case you missed any of this stuff, Wes. All right. Uh, Davian Clowney still doesn't have a job, so you didn't mm. miss anything on that front? Well, yeah, that's, um, that's a little surprising. I thought once the football – have we ever, have we started football? Uh, let's no. start there. I, well, Soon. I think it's Soon. starting later We're this week. football is starting later this week. Training Chiefs camp has not are, really started. I maintain Clowney has not been signed because of his knee history, the micro fracture, and maybe once the football starts, then we'll see him. Logan Ryan is still unemployed, the cornerback. And still wants $10, still $10 million. $10 a year. Yeah, still wants <laughs> I want my $10 million. <laughs> you know what? We should try that negotiations and see if it goes better at NFL media. I've tried it. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson, Wes. Russell Wilson goes by Mr. 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 Unlimited. He goes by Mr. Unlimited now. What? 
Yes. See, this is why Wet West really has no context for I love it. What, why, what, what, it's like Antonio Brown calling himself Mr. Big Chest. What's going on with this well, coin nickname for yourself? Well, because sometimes you know you think that Russell Wilson's going to Pete Carroll for advice. No, he's going to Mr. Uh-uh. Unlimited. That's himself. Because everybody, That's himself, but everybody, going. Wes, everyone has an alter ego now. And he needed one, too. And everybody thinks, oh, it's just Russell. It's a robot. No, 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 no. He's Mr. Unlimited. Well, and also he created that nickname two years ago. So he's been Mr. Unlimited for the past two seasons, Mm. just if you want to address that in your tape watching. So when we speak of him, should we speak of his ego or his alter ego? I I will refer to him personally as Mr. Unlimited now. Okay. (laughs) But that's up to you. That's good to know. Uh, let's see. The Giants' first-round pick last year might be going to prison for a decade or so. Derek Carr said he's sick of everybody picking on him. Uh, Baker Mayfield announced that he is, quote, moving in silence this offseason. Good, uh, good job, Mark. Big Ben, it, Big ben is kind of skinny now. But, you know, like skinny for Big Ben. Uh, LaShawn McCoy can throw his ladies-only parties in Tampa now because he's teammates with Tom Brady and Gronk. Ooh, Gronk would definitely go to a LaShawn McCoy. McCoy ladies only invite party like the good old yeah, days. I think so totally <laughs> I'm getting major I'm getting major defense going to be better than the offense vibes in Tampa Bay Ooh. I mean this idea like that. that you're going to sign LaShawn McCoy who couldn't even make it off the bench with the Chiefs come on <laughs> well their whole ba- their whole backfield had corona about a week ago I, I'm still waiting to see how this all shakes out yeah we're going to evaluate the names not the game not the name for this offense in Tampa Bay a lot of names being thrown out there see how much game they got (laughs) oh I like that and finally Wes uh, Travis Kelsey confirms breakup with girlfriend Kayla Nicole but he angrily denied cheating accusations this has been a big topic in the Wesling household we are we are fans of Kayla Nicole Mm. Keisha and I both follow her on Instagram who is she what's her very very nice gal who was dating Travis Kelsey Society girl. <laughs> She's uh, like anybody a, else have anything else? I have one. Go I ahead. can't believe this isn't hasn't been brought up. But Wes, your name, um, you know, and it's been a while. I don't know the last time this happened in a newspaper. Your name appeared in the Gatesville Messenger down in Texas a couple weeks ago. Well, I saw that big story. That's true. Um, I saw it on Instagram. Gave Dan a shout out on my Insta story. You know, it's not every day you get front page of the Gatesville Messenger. And, <laughs> <laughs> Front page of any newspaper. I mean, that's that's a big accomplishment. Well mm. done, Dan. Thank you, Wes. That, that was kind of I was going against Kern on my own podcast with uh, Sessler and Rosenthal, but it's nice to hear someone with a non cynical just like a take, like a friend. So thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. I, I, was I mean, I feel like I'm I'm giving you publicity. I don't think that was a shot. I I would point out that the the writer could have included Erica's name, but that's Ooh. that's um. That's for another day. Maybe the writer wasn't fed Maybe. Erica's name. Ooh. Well, I don't. I didn't want to. Shots I didn't, fired. I, I don't want to bring it up. But yeah, I got an idea, Mark. When you get on the front page of a paper, you can mention Erica. <laughs> well, I was. I mean, you you included my name in there. Thankfully, I'm kind of surprised you did. But I'm I'm thrilled to I'm thrilled to read the article and find my name in there. So. Mm. Oh, Mark's a rapper now. That's the other thing. I I, I saw the Estonia clip. And, oh yeah. Uh, two thumbs up. Well done. One thumb. Been nice knowing you. <laughs> Swept the nation over the weekend, or part of the nation, or part of a town. Anytime you could put Marcus Hunt in the lyrics, it's a good one. Mm, I um, I did want to point out while you were gone, um, the Atlanta Falcons. They're a team that still exists. They um, they have not been mentioned one single time on the podcast, I believe, in three years now. I'm not sure. So some things um, don't, don't exist. 
they're in a division with two great teams and one team that looks really bad but uh, has a fun coach. But they they still exist. They're out All right. there. How about Broncos fans are angrier than ever at Dan for dismissing Drew Locke. <laughs> but I've I've watched enough Drew Locke that I don't know if he's going to be great. No, you or, haven't. You or can't not. have not watched enough Drew Locke because he's only played five games. Well, let me finish. <laughs> I'm saying I've watched enough to say I don't know if he's going to be great or not. But I've watched enough now to say I'm excited to watch whatever he does next. And I've kind of come along, too, in the meantime, to where, uh, a corner that Wes was on the whole time, which was appreciating Daniel Jones, too. Um, and it took a little more a little more uh, tape dogging to get there. But the, the Broncos fans are now, now – now they're on my side of the corner, too, with you. That's a nice way to put a bow on the segment because this Broncos discussion is like – it encapsulates what the offseason of the NFL is. We knew all this stuff in December, that he's only had five starts, that there's some good, <laughs> that there's some bad, that Broncos fans are way too optimistic, that doubters are way too pessimistic, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But, yeah, that's that's where the Broncos are. That's where they've been since December. Yeah, Broncos, I'm not saying that Drew Locke can't be a, a good quarterback in our league. I just have been kind of taken to task for – insinuating the possibility that maybe they should have had a, a backup plan in place that was a little stronger or maybe not just assume you now found your franchise answer based on December football that didn't really matter. I don't know. That's just remind, me, though. Remind me again, who is their backup quarterback? Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I think it's a good idea in the NFL to have a second quarterback who can play and won't like nosedive your season as soon as he gets in there. But, you know, well, so I'm on Dan's side on that one. Sure, I, I think am we too, all agree there. Flip side, I mean, we've, you know, John Elway's gotten a little bit of heat, a few uh, jokes poked at John Elway <laughs> on this show, and maybe he feels an extra bit of pressure to have his eighth, <laughs> the eighth quarterback he picked um, finally pan out in the draft here. So maybe he said, I'm not going to bring Cam Newton in and create this- all that side interference and traffic to make this podcast out there clam up. Forget about the Broncos fans. This would be a huge. 360 windmill windmill dunk by Elway on the old Zeuser if Drew Locke turns into a star. 360 like, windmill. Sh- like straight out of the gate. Week one, he shreds whoever they're playing and then just like rolls to second team all pro or something. You know, I'll take that L and I'll be happy uh, that the people of Colorado and surrounding territories will have a, a young man to watch for the next 10, 15 years. I was going to ask Greg. Greg just walked off for a second. Someone... And it's not my house because it's quiet right now. But one of the fathers right here has lost control. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's me right now. This is the first pod I've done with them here in a while because he, uh, he was out of the house um, during this time of day. And, yeah, it, it's going to be I, – I, this season is going to be something. Mm. I mean, I think at this point, Walker should have been mentioned in the Gatesville Messenger. He's had a prominent role on this episode here. So. Mm. Walker carries a lot of power Unofficial. in that household. I'm impressed that he's, you know, in five years, he's been able to, like, accrue a ton of power in right. that household. Right, he's, he's number one Try in the two power boys. rankings. <laughs> I started to teach um, Walker a little bit about wagering on Saturday at Hank's house <laughs> with some dollar bills tied to catching footballs and the idea of double or nothing. And then I realized he was probably taught this while he was still in the womb by his father. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a great move. I, I'm going to steal this this whole move that you have of um, giving the dollar bills to your friend's kids because he's got to remember that forever. <laughs> he came home telling Emika about it. You made his day. He's got the you know he's got the two bucks. He made the 
couple of catches, you know, under pressure. So that's good for his Doing confidence nice all around. It, it, it all worked out. It's a good grown-up move. Carry a couple singles around just to throw it, you know, keep the kids entertained. <laughs> I'm a veteran uncle at this stage. You know, yeah. So. Um, all right. Wes, do you have anything else you want to add, you know, at the end of your first show back in quite a long time? Well, I just want to thank all the listeners, um, especially the UK listeners who put together a YouTube uh, treat for me, 15-minute tribute. That was nice. Um, very nice. Um, and very I've gotten nice. a lot of messages on Twitter, but especially on Instagram. A lot of people have, I would say, even much more personalized messages now than, than there were a few years ago. It's been very um, uplifting, to say the least. So thank wow. you to it, everyone who's reached out. It's it's It's... It sucks that you have two separate incidents or times in your life now to be uh, be able to cite that way, but at the same time, it's just it's good to see again like how much you're loved by the listeners, Wes, and loved by us. So this is uh, again a real treat that you joined us today, and hopefully this becomes a semi regular thing. That would be awesome. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write off any show. I, hopefully, I'll be able to do them all. Mm. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. buddy. Depends how I'm feeling that day, but we'll see. He's got to go and watch watch the Reds later today. You know, that's I what, think they that's have an off day, doing. which means their bullpen won't blow the game. Mm. All right. Hopefully, they all stay in their <laughs> hotel rooms or wherever. Um, all right, good stuff. <laughs> that's a real concern. That's oh, yeah. the world now. Those all right. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, for listening. Wednesday, we'll be with you again. We'll be talking some of the Hard Knocks premiere. Uh, check out that piece I have on NFL.com. It's up now. And uh, everything else that's going on in our league. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood from her room. Till Wednesday. go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you